Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. The hey, what's up, everybody? This is the El Nino podcast. I'm Eladio Nino, and this is Real Everyday People. So I want to thank everybody who's tuning in, you know, watching, watching the live show. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's been sharing, subscribing, who's been supporting. Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, man, I can't believe it. Like, it's already June. We're like halfway through the year. It seemed like it just started and we're already halfway through it. And it's like, wow, man. Like, um, you know, it feels good that things are kind of, you know, getting back to normal, things like that. You know, life kind of back in motion, people coming out, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, the world's back in motion again. Um, so this past week, uh, I've had the privilege. I had attended a march called silence, the violence, uh, through, through my ceasefire squad. So, you know, shout out to my ceasefire team out there. And, uh, you know, I'm always representing the DHDC wherever I go, but, um, you know, it was definitely very powerful. I was even emotional while I was marching. It's the first time I ever been in a march and, um, you know, it was very, very meaningful for me, you know, to be with the community. Um, we were out and, um, on Lafayette and East Grand Boulevard and um we walked with other organizations like uh, Force Detroit. Um, of course, Ceasefire was there. Uh, we had the brother, uh, brother Troy, and and the and the Nation of Islam there, and um, you know the brother Zoe, and uh, so many others, man, that I was able to meet. Daryl Woods, you know, shout out to you guys. Looking forward to building with you guys. But you know, there's just been so much going on. Uh, my mother's 65th birthday. We just celebrated that. You know, grateful to have my mother here, and uh, you know, because I know everybody. You know, I, I'm. You know, my father passed away. Way, um, just before I had got out of prison. So, you know, for those who are, um, you know, missing their parents, you know, have passed away or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm so grateful to still have mine. But, you know, enough about me and everything I got going on, man, because I always got some shit going on. I'm always busy as hell, but I love it. You know, I love being a productive, uh, productive, productive member of society. But, you know, like I said, man, enough about <laughs> man. We're going to get to uh, my guest over here. Uh, this girl, she got a lot going on. And ever since I've known her, I've I've just been watching her grow i've been watching her bloom i've been watching her cultivate her talent and i'm gonna let her tell you all about it uh this is isabel the goddess y'all hey y'all um <laughs> i'm isabel the goddess i'm super happy to be here on Aladio's podcast we've been talking about it since last summer and it's finally happened um so i'm really excited to be here Definitely, you've been on my head about it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, but because don't bring something up to me and then not keep your promise. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you, and I'm glad that you know we finally made it. And uh, you know, there's so much to talk about. You know, since last year, you've accomplished so much. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to you sharing your story with the people and and your talents and everything. I'm definitely looking forward, you know, to the performance that you're gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Got a little treat for y'all. <laughs> you know how El Nido podcast how we do it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, uh, sure. Izzy is, let him know who you is. <laughs> What's the biz? Where you from? Okay, so, um, well, my artist name is Isabel the Goddess, but you'll probably hear a lot of you calling me Izzy. That's my nickname. And I am from a little bit of everywhere, I would say, because I'm originally from here, southwest Detroit. Um, and then I moved around as a kid a lot, and I stayed in Dearborn for a while and then now i'm back doing my thing with my family and making music and working at the dhdc with eladio to um affect change in people's lives so 
it's been super awesome. Ain't no doubt about it. And man. I picked up music last summer, kind of not purposefully, I would guess. It kind of just <coughs> happened. My Theo um, told me about a program that they were doing at the building, and his partner Sandy was running it and they were like we have a space open for you if you want to join and it was the Southwest Seeds Music Fellowship um and at the time I was really like apprehensive because I was like I do not have the credentials for this I was like I just like to sing because everybody in my family sings most of my titis my cousins um and then my one cousin, Gianni, he's Southwest Geo. I'm sure Southwest some of y'all Geo, know who he is. Dog. He's been making music for a while. And then my poppy made music before he passed away. So it was definitely something that's been all up in my family. Um, so they thought I'd be interested. And I started last summer doing that. And then I wrote like my first little song. And then it's just picked up from there. And I haven't stopped. So... No, definitely, man. Like, there's so much uh, you've I've seen you accomplish. You know what I'm saying? Like some big things. Like, um, you know, you did the you and uh, Yachty. You guys did the pre-show for the Detroit Pistons. Like, you know, that was that's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? And like, shout out to my deal. cousin Yachty for that because um, when I did the pre-show for Los Pistons Latino Heritage Night, it was originally just supposed to be me singing. Um, and I was really scared because, once again, <laughs> I'm just a regu regular old girl from around here. So I'm like, uh, what do I look like standing on an arena floor mm -hmm. singing in front of all these people? And I was absolutely terrified, even though it didn't look like it. And I asked her, I was like, please, can you come and can you sing and do like backup for me? So she came on to the arena floor with me and she sang backup for me. And I just appreciate no, her for you that. guys killed it. That was a dope experience. You yeah, know? it was not everybody gets that experience. It's nice to see literally people talent from the hood being displayed on such a large platform. Like exactly. That, you know? I literally, since that <clears throat> happened, have been saying, um, if nothing else happens in my music career, I would die happily with that one because there are people who sing in coffee shops and try to get their music out there and do little things for literally like 25 years of their life <clears> and they <throat> still never even get the opportunity to sing at an arena mm -hmm. like that. So I'm really grateful and I think it's like the coolest thing ever. Like I just... It's dope. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to Gabriel Duran too, because he was able. He did the halftime yes, show. He did. So we had two local people from Southwest Detroit, young people who are talented, growing, singing, and entertainment business. Like it was just dope all around. Very inspiring. Very empowering. You know what I'm saying? And you know, congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Yep. And you also, you also were on the Kelly Clarkson show recently, right? Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that was like maybe a month or maybe like a month and a half ago now. Um, we were on the Kelly Clarkson show, so... Who is we? Tell them who we is. I, I was getting there, Ladio. I was getting there, excuse you. Um, so basically, my abuela, Angie, she runs DHDC. Um, and she's the reason that like the community has this amazing resource and building, even though she'll say she isn't. But she is. Um, and I guess the Kelly Clarkson show, they reached out to us and my abuela and my Theo, and they were like, we want to do a story on like a family that's impacting change in Southwest Detroit. <clears throat> so they picked her and they made us like have send this video in where she, 
she was talking about her family and who worked with her because a lot of our family members work in the building. So it was my abuela, my tío, my tita, my prima Yari, and my other prima Selena, and me. And we were all in the video and we talked about like what we did at the building and what our position was and what we've been doing and how we've been affecting the community. Um, but after that, they were like, okay, so we're gonna do phone interviews and then we're gonna decide who we fly out to LA. And long story short, <laughs> <laughs> they picked me to go on with my abuela. So it was really cool. They um, flew us out to LA and paid for a hotel and then we were literally in nbc universal studios taping the show Dang, in los angeles so with kelly clarkson i got to meet gabriela iglesias and laura linney and she's the one who plays the mom on ozarks so i got to meet some like huge celebrities wow that's and it sweet. was crazy because um gabriela iglesias came into the dressing room when me and my abuela were in there getting like our hair and our makeup touched up touched up um and he obviously had no idea who we were because we were just like normal people mm -hmm. so he walks in and he was really humble and he was like hi hi everybody and he got like a pimple covered up on his forehead and walked out so it was like super easy because like he's not getting a full face of makeup on um plus you guys were mexican he was probably like yeah oh, he was that's just so like, dope yeah like, i'm puerto rican but okay. you know um same thing no, that is not the same thing not the same thing <laughs> close enough no <laughs> but um all love to my mexicans though but yeah and then we went out there and basically he saw that we ended up being guests on the show next to him like literally sitting on the couch next to him talking with him stuff like that and he came up to me and he was like oh my god it's such a pleasure to meet you i'm so sorry i didn't know who you were back there i'm like who i am what do you mean you Dang. are gabriella iglesias and then Kelly Clarkson hugged me a bunch and she told me that I should audition for The Voice, which is really crazy to hear when like the first girl to ever win American Idol, who is also a judge on The Voice and like a major superstar is mm. telling you you should audition for The Voice. Definitely. So I don't know. It was really surreal. I awesome. bet. I bet. Like, I was so happy. You know what I'm saying? And then just, you know, we're from, like, the neighborhood. Like, who thinks that you're going to get opportunities like that? So, you know, I, I just, I thank God. I thank the DHDC and all the resources and everything that it provides for the community. Me too. Everything that's invested, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, at the end of the day, we deserve all the opportunities. You know what I'm we saying? We do. And... As much as I was on there and I got to tell my story too, though, like I just want to say it really wasn't about me. Like that was my moment for my abuela to get her time to shine and like her moment of recognition because that woman is the most selfless, hardworking woman I've ever met. And she does so much for our community and our families and everything all the time. And she never takes the second to like sit in the she spotlight. Is definitely one of the hardest working people I she, know. She don't take no breaks. Nope. She be in meetings 24 hours a day. You hear me? And I live with her. So she comes home and she continues to work. Like people don't realize she's 67 years old and she comes home from work all day mm -hmm. and works more on her laptop and goes to sleep and does the next thing the next day so she's an inspiration to me and just i hope to be like her you know and i was just grateful that she got to shine and represent like her of all people she got to represent our community 
with me. So absolutely, not even awesome. just represent, but raise. She got to raise the community, represent the community, contribute to the community, provide for the community. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Literally like, everything. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm 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 very inspired by her. I have so much respect for her. You know what I'm saying? And then just you know the fact that you know she gave me a second chance. You know what I mean? And I've been able to build a whole life. A whole a whole life for myself, you know, off it's of, amazing. Off of a second chance. Yeah, definitely. And she will get on your ass though. <laughs> she will get on your hard ass. Hardworking you know woman wants a hard worker. And, uh, I'm okay say? with that though, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But um so tell us a little bit about like, you know, how you came up, how you grew up, you know, and just a little bit about your story. You, you know, your start? mother, your father. Yeah, I was gonna you know, say all the way like from the that. beginning. Well, you know, you could just uh um so sometimes this gets repetitive for me but i am going to talk about it um i talked about it a little bit on the kelly clarkson show too but um so basically my family is from southwest detroit and my dad passed away when i was a baby but his name was felipe torres and he was in a gang he was a cash flow just like Mexican muffin man over here. Oh, hell and no. <laughs> hell no. She just blazed me on national TV. This shit crazy. So it is what it is. Um basically him and my mom met when they were still, I would say, young and irresponsible. And my mom was the little white girl next door. And they had kids really young. But sadly, when my mom had me, I feel like I'm telling this really weirdly right now, so I'm sorry. I, like, didn't prepare myself. But, um... It's all right. My mom had me, and she was 18 or 19 years old and super young. And my father was obviously getting into trouble, and he was wanted all the time. Had a bunch of just bullshit going on. And one morning, when I was, like... Eight months, eight months old, I'm pretty sure, they kicked the door in, and then that day was kind of like the most monumental turn of events ever in my lifeline. Um, the police kicked the door in, and it was all over the news. There was tanks down the street, crazy stuff like that, but eventually they shot and killed my dad, and then they took my mom to prison. And then after that, um, my abuela and my Theo Lex and my Titi Cio took me, because I was a baby and they were taking care of me for a while and then I got passed around um and I lived with my um abuela Lydia and me and my brother both lived there because he was born while my mom was in prison so he was like a prison baby and he only got to have like two days with her and then was immediately sent home with me and yeah so we lived we grew up on Stair Street with my abuela and it was us her our cousins stuff like that regular hood shit you know everyone getting into trouble times were tough but it was for everybody you know what i mean like um dealt with substance abuse in the house and dealt with barely being able to put food on the table and things like that but i think it makes you me stronger because of it and then i don't know after that when I was around six years old, um, I started. we started living with my mom. So then things were kind of weird because we were, like, taken out of the environment that we were comfortable in. 
you know? Yeah. And my mom struggled. Like, it makes me laugh when I think about it because... And so she had got released from prison? She had got released from prison because her sentence was only two years. So a little bit earlier than that. But as far as to my memory, she had moved to Tennessee, was living down there, just doing some crazy stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. not to bash her, but I don't have a relationship with her at all. And... um. How does that feel like to, what is it like to live like that? You know what I'm saying? It's really, it's kind of sad, to be honest, because your mom is supposed to be like there for you no matter what. And I mean, that's your first contact of life. You know what I'm saying? Is with your mother. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the just the nurturing, the heart, the love, the connection. Like, you know, she nurtured you. She birthed you. And, you know, and I understand that, like, nobody's perfect. And, and there's a lot of stories that are similar to yours. But I can't imagine what, you know, what that's like to not be able to have a relationship. You know what I'm saying? With the mother who's still alive. You know what I mean? Um, It's interesting because... Sometimes it's really sad, and other times I straight up don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning because of it is it is sad to not have a relationship with your mother who birthed you who is, is still alive. But a lot of the times people who are in my situation who have that situation, it's because their mom doesn't want to have to deal with them. So okay. then they're sad because <clears throat> there's no connection on that end. I chose mm-hmm. not to speak to her ever again. And sometimes it does make me sad because... Ever since I left, um, she never reached out to me. Like, she never texted me to ask me if I was okay, mm-hmm. to know if I had a roof over my head or food in my stomach. Or, and she still doesn't reach out to me to see, like, anything, check up on me, ask if I want to see her, just anything like that. And that's the stuff that kind of makes me angry. But also, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm you sorry can't expect things from people that you know don't have that um, capacity in their minds to think further than themselves. Mm -hmm. So when you're really selfish and self-centered, you can't, you literally cannot mentally like get there. So. But I'll tell you what was good with your situation is that you did have some family and you did have strong women who were around you, who you could be inspired by, you know, when I mean, I would definitely say that um, that's the thing about my mother. She was a strong woman. Um, And I did look up to her in a lot of ways. But I also learned from her in the opposite as well. Like, I used to watch her growing up. And I would say things like, I know what not to do. Or, that's what I'm not going to do when I get older. Or, blah, blah, blah. Just stuff like that. Because um, I know shit happens, but there's a lot of other decisions that you can make. And I'm realizing because I'm a young adult now that as much as what happens to you in the environment around you and what happens, what happens, what happens. And a lot of people like to blame their whole entire situation on the people and the stuff around them. Mm -hmm. But life is choices and you have a choice to be a failure or you have a choice to be successful. Mm -hmm. Like you, the choices you make lead you to where you want to go, no matter what people did to you. So just because I had been abused as a kid or because I watched a lot of violence or because I was around a lot of death and craziness in my life doesn't mean that I'm going to treat people like shit now or I'm going to 
like physically harm people or attack people with violence or my words or things like that because you make decisions as an adult to how you're going to treat people yeah because you know like like your uncle lex says it best you know hurt people hurt people you know people who carry baggage and resentment and anger and hate for you know maybe their you know upcoming their upbringing um you know uh you know resentment towards parents environment all that type of stuff they carry that baggage with them throughout life you know what I'm saying? And everything about that resentment reflects in the way that they behave on a yep. daily basis, how they treat people. And uh, and it's really unfortunate because, you know, um, to live to live with that and then to die with it as well, you know. And I always ask people like, you know, people who haven't talked to loved ones in a long time because of differences or whatever it may be. But I understand that it's sometimes it's vital and necessary to your survival to cut ties with some people. But I always ask myself, like, you know, because the last thing I ever want to do is is live with regret. You know what I'm saying? And I and I go I go straight there to what if they die tomorrow? Mm-hmm. You know, if they die tomorrow. How would you feel? Could you live with it? Will you feel like you did your best, everything you could do, or you know, just just and and for some people, the answer is yes, I'm good. If this person was to die tomorrow, I would be okay with it. You know what I'm saying? I would feel sad if she died tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but let me tell you, I would feel more sad if she died tomorrow and she was still in my life every single day holding me back from my truest potential. I would be even Mm -hmm. more sad because then I just wasted my time trying to help her healing process Mm -hmm. and holding myself back. And that was the problem. I'm young and I'm talented and I have dreams, ambitions, goals, and grit. And I'm a hardworking young lady, like at the end of the day. And I wasn't being able to accomplish any of those things under her roof because I was living to serve her living to ask her if she was okay every single day what could i do to make her better and Mm. fix her mental health no matter what even though you know those some of those people who are just chronically unwell who just want to be upset Mm -hmm. and no matter what you do like i lived in prison with a lot of people that were just miserable all day she's just miserable and wants to be miserable and at some point it becomes attention-seeking narcissistic Mm -hmm. bullshit so how did she like growing up like did she bash your father or did she always, you know, did she always tell you stories of your father? Like, um, I feel like I know because you up, were a child, you were a baby, you know, I, so was. I know you didn't have any memories. And I know you talk about how, how you've met so many people who have known your father, you know, and you always like immediately engage. Like, how do you know him? Where do you know him from? How, you know, how long did you know him for? What did you guys do? Like all that type of stuff, you know, and. Well, because it's really like, can you imagine having to get to know your own parent just through the eyes of other people? Like, I don't know him. You know what I mean? Um, But I know that he was a legend here. I know that the older generation than me, they go, oh, my God, you're Snoop's daughter? Blah, blah, blah. And then they tell me some crazy shit they did with him. (laughs) Um, And I just hear like I was making this joke the other day because I was like, I finally made a name for myself in the hood instead of just being under the shadow of the men in my life. Because I was like the older generation is, is always saying, Oh my God, you're Snoop's daughter. Like you're Felipe's daughter. You're so big now. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Or they're going, you're Gio's cousin. You're Gio's baby cousin. Southwest Gio, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, bitches. I'm Isabel the goddess all on my own. <laughs> all on my own. But So tell us how, how you came up with the name Isabel the goddess. 
Okay, so um, it was originally going to be Izzy the goddess, but I kept it Isabel the goddess because, I don't know, I just like my name and I want to stay full. And I wanted to keep Izzy for friends and family who want to call me that because basically the story behind both names comes from my um, Tio Lex. So when I was a baby, like I've always loved music, like I said, and it was like always a thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I used to like bang my head like this when I like listen to music. Um, <laughs> and my Theo was like, I'm going to name her Izzy after Ozzy Osbourne. Um, so like Izzy instead mm-hmm. of Ozzy because mm-hmm. my name was Isabel. And then he would t- say, Izzy, rock out. And like I was a baby and I'd be like. <laughs> um, and then the goddess part came from basically just like throughout my life and especially these past couple years because I've gone through a lot of bullshit in the past two years and I got kicked out of the house and I was homeless and going from place to place and didn't have a cell phone and barely had money like some crazy ass shit you know um that's crazy man and he would call me and I would talk to him and he would tell me he'd be like baby keep your head up you are a goddess don't let anybody else tell you different don't let anybody make you feel otherwise because you are a goddess and he was telling me that in like my lowest moments literally in my lowest moments Mm -hmm. like when I was contemplating not wanting to be alive anymore so he was telling me that in my lowest moments and I'm finally starting to reach some of my highest moments. Like I'm so happy now. I'm so happy being back in the community and I'm so happy singing and I'm happy where I'm working and like everything like that. So now I'm like, wow, I'm finally at my highest moments. So it just feels like a dedication to knowing that if you keep going, you will get where you want to be and you will be happy. So Isabel the goddess. That's dope. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It feels a little um, conceited sometimes, <laughs> like when I say it. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm allowed to have confidence. I don't care. Hell yeah. That's so, dope. Yeah, no doubt about. Own it. Own it. Right? Embrace it. Accept it and uh, and fulfill it. Pour it. Pour pour yourself into your into your community, into your work, into your craft. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying. Yeah. You know, that's 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 what purpose is. You know what I mean? That's what that's what makes life worth living. Exactly. And that was like the perfect word to say because I do finally feel like in this past year that I've found my purpose and it has led me to just being like I said, like happy. And it's led me to wanting to wake up every single day because life is not about material things. And life mm-hmm. is not about that type of stuff. For me, I was literally so depressed when I feel like I did not have a reason to be here. Like I was like, what am I pushing for? What am I living for at this point? Like I was homeless, about to fail high school, um, kicked is- out of the house. It was COVID. So everything was like online and weird. Like everything was fucked up. And I was like, why the fuck am I alive? What are like, what are some of the risks that you had endured or were faced with the challenges of just like, you know, not having stability, bouncing from house to house? Because, you know, we all know the stories, you know what I'm saying? When, uh, when, when any children, you know, don't have stability and they're house to house and, you know, they get abused, whether it's sexually abused, physically abused, and, you know, just all these things. And it's always an uncle or, you know, a cousin or family, you know what I'm saying? It's always somebody close or, you know, a friend that, you know, is a friend of the family. And then, you know, things like that, like, you know, what, what is it? like for you to have you know gotten through that and you know 
like I like you mentioned, you know, like there was times where you just didn't even want to live anymore. You know what I mean? Well, you do you want me to be honest about this? Absolutely. It's real everyday people. It's got to be the truth, baby. <laughs> Shit. Um, it completely turned me into a different person there for a minute. I like am just now starting to find who I was and who I am again. But it turned me into the shell of the person that I that I thought I was like, I don't know. I all of a sudden became like bitter and angry and sad. And my mental health was so bad that it was literally like, I don't know, like a little twig, like it could snap from like any angle. And I almost felt like I couldn't trust anybody at all. Like Mm -hmm. a single person, I felt scared. And I felt alone and I got so sick um, physically and mentally that I started having hallucinations. I started passing out. Um, I literally started waking up and thinking that things around me were happening that weren't happening. Like when I say I was going crazy, like I almost checked myself into a mental hospital. I was like considering it. Um, At that young of an age. Because... It was like my whole foundation was completely just gone. And then things with my brother were rocky for a minute. We weren't getting along because both of our foundations had been crumbled. And it's hard to continue to function and Mm -hmm. um, go on every single day when you don't know what's happening or you don't know what tomorrow is going to look like or a week after or just anything like that. And that is what literally ripped my mental health to shreds the most because my brother Antonio um is literally my best friend and we've been through everything together like since we were babies like all that fucked up shit I was talking about from when I was little the one constant person I had was Antonio so I knew that like everything that I went through like it wasn't that bad because I knew at the end of the day I could lean on him and that he would be there like the same for each other Mm -hmm. but then this happened and it was the first time that I was going through something so crazy and fucked up that he wasn't there and that we weren't there for each other. In fact, we were arguing with each other and mm-hmm. not speaking. And it made me so like sick because I felt like I didn't have anybody and I lost all my friends and I stopped reaching out to people. I was talking to zero family members, zero friends, n- none of my siblings. Um, I was literally failing school, which was not a thing for me because I was literally an honor AP student my whole entire life of doing school. What's like, AP? Um, accelerated courses. So like when I was oh, in high school, okay. I was taking like college classes, but in oh, high school shit, damn. type of thing. Um, and I always had amazing grades. Like the year before, my um, GPA was a 4.16, which is higher than a 4.0. And then that year, senior year, when all this happened, my GPA was a 1.6. Or something like that. Damn. I was failing. Damn. That's a big difference. That's like from, you know, from this to this. And that was from one semester to the next. It was really bad. Yeah. But. And my hair started falling out. Um, So my hair got super thin. Damn, you was going through And I got really, really sickly skinny and ill because I'm a type 1 diabetic. And I wasn't really, like, taking care of my medication or anything Mm -hmm. like that because I was depressed. And because I was kicked out, so I didn't have all my medication. Mm -hmm. And that was something else that I struggled with and that I was really scared about. So I started getting really skinny um, because if you don't know, 
for type 1 diabetics if you don't do your insulin your body will eventually start to like feed off of your fat and you'll look ill so i got really really skinny and my hair started falling out and i was just sick i was not okay mm-hmm. wow and that was like i'm sorry to hear about that you know that's okay that was like a couple of months before you met me literally last year but i mean since i've known you though <laughs> like you have done nothing but grown to thrive like like the DHDC, that environment, the workplace has done so much for me, not only professionally, but personally in my me life. Too. You and, and I've watched you, you know, ever since you started the job there. Like we were co-workers in the youth department. And now, like, you just graduated to the urban graphics and the print shop. You know, congratulations. Hey. Um, I just changed over and transitioned to uh, adult services. And, um, you know, I just I feel really good, you know, about. Good. About my growth, about my transition, about learning and growing and and, you know, taking taking what I have and reaching a, a, a larger crowd of people. You know, like I said, um, attending this silence, the violence march, like I, I was really emotional throughout the march just because I'm like, damn, man, I just I've been through I've been through hell. I, I put myself through a hell and, you know, just gangs, violence, drugs, juvenile um you know prison for 17 years and then for this to be the Can I outcome tell you something though. that i really love about you though Eladio? i love that even though you've been through all that and you've been through all that fucked up shit like and it's okay to be sad obviously and to heal but like you're not throwing an endless pity party and Hell. you are one of the most like I don't want to say I don't know how to say if it's grateful people, but like you're one of the people that walks around with gratefulness in your heart. And I can see that every day, like you're grateful to be alive, like you're happy to be talking to people and like living your life. And it's like really inspirational to see somebody go through so much, but still be Mm -hmm. such a good person. Um, I just, you know, I feel like, you know, I, I was against so many odds like I wasn't supposed to win. You know no, what I'm saying? Exactly. Like I, I was always told, like you're gonna end up dead or in prison, and I, they were right. I did go to prison, but even then, that shit didn't fold me either. Like I've been through the trenches. You know what I'm saying? And came home, and and I, I was like, you know, I came, I saw, I conquered, I put that behind me, I moved forward, and I have just been building. And it's crazy that you say that because the foundation on which I build on starts with gratitude every day. Exactly. I am so grateful for every single thing i have i'm talking about down to fingers and toes and eyes and ears you know what i'm saying because imagine what life would be like without it imagine if you were missing a hand or missing fingers or just you know what i'm saying or being blind or whatever it may be so like i'm grateful just for that as long as i have life and i have breath i have the opportunity to change the direction of whatever's going on i can push through it life is not always easy i know sometimes it's unfair but that is when you know uh, that's when 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 growth is really manifesting in you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's when you really reveal to yourself what you're truly made of. You know what I'm saying? Like struggle strengthens. You it know? does. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like really inspirational to see somebody like you, though, um, carry yourself with such like grace and such gratefulness and such just like pride to be alive and pride for your city and everything like that and pride to continue your life even though you had to miss out on so much of it because it also allows me to reflect on myself like 
um, to continue to carry myself with gratefulness instead of anger because I am really angry and sad on the inside a lot of the times. And sometimes it's really hard not to carry yourself like just with so much anger. You know what I mean? Because I have anger in me. Like I am angry at my father for getting killed and leaving me here. I'm angry at my mom for the position she's put me in. And I'm angry about all the fucked up shit that I've had to go through. But then I think about somebody like you who, like, because at the end of the day, I was going through fucked up shit on the outside. You were incarcerated. You know what I mean? Locked up for all that time, dealing with things that, like, I can't even imagine that I would just never go through because I wouldn't put myself in that position. Yet, you carry yourself so, like, positively every day. I don't know. I think it's really awesome to see. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's in us. It's just about what we cultivate. We all have, you know, good and bad in us. You know what I'm saying? We have the ability to set a standard for ourselves every day. Are we going to wake up and just, you know, be grateful, do your best, be appreciative, and just be the best version of yourself and not allow society or community or whether it's downfalls dictate who you become because a lot of people are molded by other people's experiences. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. oh, this person talked to me that way or treated me this way or said this to me. So now, you know, everybody has that eye for an eye, two for a two. But that's the thing. If you're sitting here complaining about the way somebody's conducting themselves or treating you and then you are willing to stoop down to that level to meet match them there, then you're really no better than they are. And, you know, that's what I've learned in the past couple of years as well is that a lot of the times people's behavior towards you and the things that happen to you if they were outside of your direct control and your direct decision making is literally just a projection or reflection of what that person is feeling on the inside about themselves or about what's happening in your life. So a lot of the times the way people that address us or how they come at us basically even if it's sideways mm -hmm. a lot of the times like i feel like i have to learn not to take things so personally now because i'm like oh that's just a like you know what i mean like that girl's just mad it literally don't even have nothing to do with me it has everything to do with her and that's the thing not taking it personal like that is a tool that it you is. need to have in your arsenal of intelligence <laughs> because when you take people places things events personal man you will never be able to live a, a, a successful life because everything's going to offend you. Everything exactly. is going to affect you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, and you become a puppet to life, life's puppet where anything and everybody can say and do anything to push your buttons, pull your yep. strings, and you're just going to constantly to respond. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to be able, you, you can't relinquish your power to people and things. You know what I'm saying? You have to be able to have balance, to have stability, you know, to have focus, to have familiarity, familiarity with yourself to believe in yourself you know exactly and i've just learned that other people's baggage isn't your baggage even in the sense of like my parents for example like i'm a statistic like i would be if i didn't carry myself the way i do or make the decision i have i come from two felon parents one who literally didn't make it out alive and the other one who's still kind of miserable and you know, didn't graduate high school and didn't all these things like people from the hood that didn't graduate high school, that went to prison, that got shot and killed, that their kids statistically, I'm supposed to be a fuck up. Yeah, statistically, yeah. I'm supposed to be a degenerate and I'm supposed to be 
loud and ratchet and <laughs> like uneducated and you know just like all those types of things mm -hmm. but i knew from like a very young age like from six years old was the first time i made the decision that i was like i was like looking at the world around me and my family around me and i was like whoa whoa i'm mm -hmm. like grandpa's over here snorting coke on the dining room table mom's <laughs> over here just got out of prison dad's over here dead don't even know him and i was like no like i'm not doing this and i was like i'm gonna be the first one to graduate high school i'm not gonna have kids unless i'm completely stable to have them i'm not gonna become a drug addict i'm not gonna go to prison i'm like all of these things and i haven't Mm -hmm. So and good for you, you know, because a lot of times that vicious cycle gets handed down to the kids and the kids, you know, end up part of that same cycle of, you know, drug addiction and, um, you know, just just the, the violence and, and just all, all, everything, the good, the bad and the ugly to come with all that you know what i mean so you know you beat the odds like you said you weren't supposed to win i wasn't supposed to win <laughs> no. you know what i'm saying but i realized that just I, two mfs who weren't supposed to win <laughs> winning winning winning, though. winning yeah definitely man i feel like that every single day i don't even care if i only got like two dollars in my pocket like exactly i feel i feel like my life is priceless i always feel like i got purpose you know what i'm saying and i always got i'm on a mission you know what i'm saying god God's got a plan for me clearly you know i wouldn't be here if i didn't have purpose you know you wouldn't Facts. be where you're at today and we're still growing we're still learning we're still cultivating and like the dhdc put us in a position to be able to grow and to be successful you know what i'm saying some people grow there some people grow apart you know what yeah. i mean but but the dhdc are contributors to the well-being of its people in this community all together you know what i mean family friends loved ones everybody is involved that yeah. is a true you know community place everybody there becomes family in one form or another exactly you know that building and that place is just like it means so much to me and i'm so happy to be back in the position to be around all the time and actually be like in the community doing what i'm doing like it's amazing and God has a plan for you. Like the creator has a plan for everybody. And it's weird because I'm literally seeing myself following the footsteps of some of my family members before. Um, like I had aunts who sang and worked at DHDC in the youth department and did all these things that I'm literally growing it up and I'm doing right now. But I was watching <laughs> it when I was four years old. You know what I mean? Thinking like, oh, my God, Titi is the coolest person ever. Like, I want to be just like her. And then like mm -hmm. now I'm doing that shit. Now I'm organizing events in the community and I was working with the kids and I'm singing and it's really cool. And if there's one thing that I'm grateful for from my poppy is that like he left me but he left me with a gift because this i don't know like talent i have for music um and stuff like that like that literally genetically came through him you know mm -hmm. and he left me with something like he left me with a family and a legacy to follow so i'm just trying to do it who are some of the people that inspired your music like who well who inspire you you know and who actually um, you know, inspired you to get into music? Okay, so 
I guess I'm gonna ask you this question. Do you mean because there's two different forms of like inspiration in music? Like there's an inspiration as far as like the style of music. So there's certain artists you look up to that you would wanna like emulate their style but then your own way. And then there's just actual inspiration for why you started doing what you're doing. Both. And the first one is gonna be my dad. Um me and my brother Antonio, ever since we were little I have notebooks of songs that we would write, like literally to know music. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we've just been doing this. Like, you know what I mean? This has just been a thing um, from me, five years old, eight years old. Um, and another big person is my Theo Lex and my Titi Theo, because when I was a baby, I remember my Theo would like produce music like he would be the one. um putting all the stuff together. I don't know all the technical words, but I just remember sitting with him in the studio, like on his lap as a baby, looking at the computer while (laughs) he was like editing vocals and making beats and stuff like that and being like, oh shit, like this is dope. And I was a baby, like I couldn't even talk yet. And my Titi, she sang it. And I remember thinking like, what the fuck? Like she is so beautiful. She's so awesome. Like I want to sing too. So I've been completely surrounded by music my whole life. And then mm. last summer when I actually went to start, it's also G. So I guess I should just say my family. If my there was, family. if there was one local artist you could work with, who would it be? And we got. Why a you lot gotta of ask talent. me that? There's a we lot got of a local lot of artists. talent. I know, but Why are you if you had the me? opportunity to work with one. W- Alavio, I don't like that question. Um, why? Because somebody's gonna get upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I would probably say, <laughs> duh, Geo, my cousin Geo. Ain't no doubt about it. Listen, <laughs> I am on your guys's head. You guys will make a hit song together, hands down. I don't have no if ands or buts about it i'm willing to do whatever i can to put that in motion because i think i've been be telling him dope. and i texted him the other day and i've been talking to him since last year telling him that i want to make music with him and he's like okay baby we'll make music of course of course mama i love you we'll make music Gio, where come here, man. where though when explain yourself Gio. explain yourself brother explain yourself but I was gonna say a different artist too. I would probably say I would probably make a song with Victorino because there's a lot of other local artists that have really supported me and that I love. But Victorino, like since last year, since before I was even like sure that I was gonna start doing this, was like supporting me and telling me that I'm awesome. And like he was like, you should make YouTube videos and you should do this and and you're funny and you sound great. And like he's just been supporting me. So man, Victorino you know, is dope. I mean, you know, he does my introduction to my you know, yeah, he's dope. So I don't know, probably him too. But obviously, yeah. What do I gotta explain now? <laughs> We want to know how come, you know, what is it going to take for us to put this song together? It's coming. It's, it's coming. Come yeah. Uh, I mean, we probably, it's a time and Can place you hear for him? everything. Can Yeah. It's a, it's a time and place for everything. And I feel like we're just, we're just getting to that time and place and it's slowly coming. Blah, 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 blah. more people that, man, you can't rush perfection. And we are perfect in this family. I would like perfect. to say that. No. <laughs> 
You know what, man? I'm gonna reach out to my boy Helva, man. You know, Helva is a beast on the beach. You know, I built with a, I built a bridge with him, and uh, I'm gonna see, man. I know he said he charged like fifty five hundred for a beat. I said, Lord, I ain't. I'm, I'm broke. I know we're all look, <laughs> I, you know, but you know maybe 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 money. ain't no doubt, and maybe and he loved building with the youth, you know what I'm saying. So maybe I can reach out to him and see what we can come up with, you know what that I'm saying. I hope you know he lays something down, and uh, you know I would I would just love to see something you know like that get put together. So Tonya, come through. That's the good thing about. You know, just meeting people, being solid, you know what I mean? It's just people become resources, and they're always willing to help and help your cause, you know? Facts. Yup. Hey, and shout out to my boy, Javi, man. Uh, you know, to appreciate the T-shirt. You know, he, he designed his own T-shirt, and it got printed at Urban Graphics at the DHDC, so... Yep, Javi's yeah. an amazing artist. So definitely, and I love the way that he works with the kids, man. You guys are both really good at what you do with the youth. You know what I mean? I know. I'm really sad to leave them. They were on the last day when I left. They were all crying and they lined up to give me hugs and they were telling me, "Miss Izzy, don't leave us." And I was like, <laughs> "I love you guys." But yeah, they just, that make you feel? They started calling me Miss Izzy. I was like, "I'm not old," like, but they just named me that. So. I know they'd be like, "Sir," they'd be like, "Mister," yeah. and "Sir." Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, this is Antonio. That's you know, this is my baby brother. So, been talking about him. So, thought I'd show they, y'all his face. That's the one that been through the trenches with you. Yeah, through the trenches. <laughs> Gio, we gonna have to get you back on here, man. Get you to perform again for us, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know you talking about putting a cipher together, man. Any of you guys out there? You guys want to interested in being in a cipher? You got to get up on your rap game, Tonyo. Let's make it. Tonyo's happen, interested man. in making music too. He just doesn't. But. but I tell you what, but but the thing is, like, he's got a place to go where he can cultivate and decide. He might go in, wind up performing. He's got this whole family. And That's secondly, what I'm he might want to make beats. This he might little MFR is literally write. quite. He might come out better than us. Listen, he's a musical genius, and people don't realize when we were in middle school, because he gave it up to do sports. But this kid was in band. Okay, sorry to embarrass you. I just gotta call you out. And within a year of playing band, he learned how to read music and he could play guitar, baritone saxophone, alto saxophone, trumpet, trombone, electric bass guitar, like all these instruments. Like people don't just naturally pick that shit up that easily. Like mm -hmm. several instruments. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it's in the family. No doubt about it, man. <laughs> yeah. But the good thing is that we have all the resources that we need to get you guys there. You know what I'm saying? So that you can cultivate and exercise. You know, like I said, some people go in, they want to sing, they decide to rap. Some people go in there, they want to rap. Now they want to just make beats. Some people want to do videography. Some people like photography. I mean, it's just, you know, there's just having a place, a safe place, have people who support you and have the resources to be able to get it done. You know? And it got me upset Living in that very tell American dream Killing when you walking with a gangster lean Even though you know they go they all This has been an episode of Real Everyday People Part of the El Nino Podcast Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook Every Monday night at 9pm Eastern And for full episodes The El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube